This podcast is brought to you by Hostfully. We make property management software and digital guidebooks. To learn more and sign up for our industry newsletter, please visit Hostfully.com. Hey, fellow hosts. If you want to take your hosting business to the next level, then join the Short-Term Rental Profit Academy. Whether you own, rent, or manage properties, we have the resources, the tools, and the community to help you achieve your goals. The Short-Term Rental Profit Academy is ready for any host, any size, and includes a membership portal with over 50 hours of video lessons, a private Facebook group, and weekly live coaching calls, where Eric and I give you direct feedback and help you solve your biggest challenges. We're all about taking action and getting results. So if you're ready to start crushing it, sign up for our program at strprofitacademy.com. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome to podcast number 341 of Get Paid for Your Pad. The topic for today is setting up an accessibility-friendly Airbnb, something that I've never discussed on this podcast. So I'm excited to dive in with Margie Schrader. She's a member of our Short-Term Rental Profit Academy, and she's also the founder of Xenia Hospitality. Margie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jasper. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day here in Bloomington, Indiana. Sorry, you can sometimes hear cats or daughters in the background, but all is well. How about you? <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Well, it's, uh, it's great. It's very hot here in Barcelona. Summer has started. It's getting really, really warm. But let's, uh, let's start with a little background about, about you. How did you get into Airbnb? Where is your business located? And what does your business look like? Well, I got into Airbnb because um, a friend of mine who is a local home builder, he had a home that he was interested in airbnb And at the same time, my husband and I were thinking about uh, turning our garage into a granny flat and airbnb that maybe. I had only stayed at a couple Airbnbs. I didn't really know a lot about it, but this friend of mine said, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. Would you be interested in managing it? And I said, absolutely. I was kind of looking for something new to do. And that was May of 2018. And May is a big month here where I am, which is Bloomington, Indiana, home of Indiana University. And graduation is in May. And graduation is the biggest weekend here in terms of rentals, uh, hotels, short-term rentals, everybody. So, um, so we started in May with one, and then last year we added the same friend home builder. We added two more. I also have another. I, I reached out to a different homeowner, and um, so I'm working with someone else as well. And and anyway, I have five five going now. Wow, with, uh, that's awesome. A couple more in the hopper, maybe. Nice, nice. And how how has it been for you during the the whole COVID nineteen? situation? It's been really interesting. Certainly, it's been terrible. The business was terrible for a little bit, but there was so much else to think about and and figure out just with everything going on that 
that almost felt like a, a side thing. Um, so right away, right as it was looking like it was going to come, you know, we were talking about it in the Prophet Academy and I was thinking about it and I was doing things like uh, buying some extra hand sanitizer and some UVC air filters. I didn't really anticipate that travel would be completely cut off for a little bit. And when that happened, I talked right away uh, to Lauren, the homeowner of four of my homes, and said, I wonder if you would be interested in letting people stay in our homes for free who cannot go home because they have at-risk family members who are, who are medical professionals. So anybody kind of who's working at the hospital but has somebody at home that they would be particularly concerned about taking COVID home to. So that's what we did. And actually, we, that was a good, we, we had um, somebody in all of the properties for a while. And now we still have one person who's just staying. He's an ER nurse. And then we have another, um, we got in with a traveling CT tech and he's staying in another one. And also, but he's um, paying now, which is nice. <laughs> right. So coming back, but it was a slow, it's been a slow return. We've um, certainly stepped up our cleaning and disinfecting procedures, which were really diligent to begin with. But we follow the Airbnb guidelines and everything that I learn about from the CDC. We take it really, really seriously. Uh, and we have a day in between and all of that. So I've learned a lot. And we've got two rentals going again. And the rest all have longer term people. We have two Airbnbs functioning as a normal Airbnb. So, right. yeah. So how's how's your market? How's it looking right now? Because what we're seeing is that the urban markets are still struggling, uh, but the the drive to destinations, uh, the destinations for you know they're popular with domestic travelers. We see a big surge in demand right now. Some of our students actually are expanding. Um, some of them are saying they they are fully occupied in those smaller markets. So how, I imagine Bloomingdale, Indiana, is might also be a drive to destination, though. No? Yeah, Bloomington is. Uh, we had, before COVID, my guests were either parents usually coming to Indiana University either to visit their students or with their students, and then also people coming from Chicago, Cincinnati, Louisville, kind of the nearby Indianapolis, nearby metro areas uh, for a getaway because we have a lot of great nature and restaurants, and we're a really vibrant little town, a lot of culture. So now, that's a great question. I'm trying to get a hold of, I'm having a lot of people flying in. I'm not seeing a particular pattern. I've got people coming in to be family. I've got people, same kind of thing coming from nearby for a little getaway. I haven't had anybody from my town stay in one of the Airbnbs yet. So that's been interesting to me. I was kind of expecting that maybe I would, but that hasn't happened. So it's it's a mix, and I would say it's not all the way back for me yet. Got it. Okay. Well, hopefully in the near future, it will recover to pre-crisis levels. Um, now let's talk about accessibility, because I know you were planning on launching an Airbnb listing that was specifically targeted to people that have special accessibility needs. Airbnb has functionality for that on the website. They have all sorts of filters that people can use to find the homes that have the right accessibility needs for them. 
And uh, I did a little bit of research. Um, there's a lot of filters. And what I noticed is that some of them are pretty easy to implement. Some of them are much harder to implement. Um, so I'd love, to, I'd love to hear, first of all, how did you come up with this idea? Lauren, the homeowner and home builder, Lauren Wood, and I were talking about the next one that he wanted to Airbnb. There was this house that he had loved, and it's actually in my neighborhood, which is very handy. And it had been going downhill for a while. And he's lived here for a long time and loved Bloomington for a long time too. And this particular house has just always had a place in his heart and it was hard to see it getting kind of more and more run down. And finally he was able to buy it. He'd been trying to buy it for a while. And so he was gonna remodel it, but then it takes a while to recoup those costs of remodeling to his standards kind of. So we were gonna Airbnb it and I said, I think we need to find a new niche because we've got beautiful, clean, relaxing, covered with the other ones. So what else could we do? I don't. I, I looked in our market and nobody else, no one else had a home that was wheelchair accessible. And then once I started looking at wheelchair accessibility, I realized there were all of these other ways that we could make it accessible. And since it was a, he was remodeling it, completely gutting it, then that gave us all kinds of leeway to. Um, to do the things that are harder to do if you're just retrofitting a place that's already has everything already in place. So that's how we were able to do some of the stuff that's harder to do. He just did it from scratch. Right. And how, how far into that project are you now? We are almost done right before lockdown came. We were just so close. I mean, like towels were purchased, but we were still waiting for some curtains, you know, that kind of thing. So we've, we've got, we got our, our medical professional in that one. And I would say in about a month, we should be completely done. So it was such a quick, such a quick moment. I didn't get to get in and take pictures of all of the things that I needed to document for Airbnb's accessibility filters that you can use. They have you take pictures with a tape measure so people can really see. If I say that the toilet is this height, it really is this height, which I think is great because I think some hosts might not quite understand what it means to have an accessible height bed or something and say they do. And then if a guest gets there and they, it's not correct and they can't use it, that's terrible. So I think I've got probably 75% of those still to document. It doesn't take long. It's very easy. Um, mm -hmm. And then we should be pretty much ready to go. Sweet. This podcast is brought to you by Hostfully. We make property management software and digital guidebooks. Using Hostfully, you can create a free guidebook for your property that works on any mobile device. It will help your guests learn about your local recommendations and important property information that will make your and your guests' experience a lot better. While I'm at home in San Francisco right now, I'm trying to take this time to get organized. Maybe it's a good time for you to do this too with a digital guidebook. To learn more and sign up for an industry newsletter, please visit Hostfully.com. Yeah. And the first thing that I realized when I started looking into this topic is that as a person who doesn't have special accessibility needs, it's very hard to imagine what all those needs are and how you can accommodate to people that have, a, have accessibility needs, right? So I looked at all the filters and there's a lot of them. Right there's there's a whole list of them, and I'll I'll just go through the list. So Airbnb has categorized it in in different uh, different categories, right? So the first one is entering the home. 
you know, a step-free access, wide doorway, well-lit path to entrance, flat path to front door. And then there's getting around, wide hallway clearance. And then they even specify that you should have at least uh, 36 inches of the, the width of the hallway. Uh, an elevator, of course. Uh, bedroom uh, should be step-free access, accessible hide bed, wide doorway, wide clearance to the bed. Um, then the bathroom, there's a step-free access again, um, roll-in shower. And uh, in my research, I noticed that that's a big one because not a lot of homes have that. Uh, I read an article by somebody who has accessibility needs and that person was trying to find uh, a suitable home. And a lot of homes had almost all the stuff that, that she was looking for, except for that roll-in shower. So that makes me think that if you do have a roll-in shower, then you can really stand out from the competition when it comes to the accessibility accommodations that you have. So uh, accessible height toilet, wide doorway, bathtub with bath chair, wide clearance to shower and toilet. And then for the common areas, there's again, there's a step-free access, the wide entryway. And then for parking, there's disabled parking spots. So those are the, uh, those are the filters that are there. The, you kind of have to dig a little bit on the Airbnb website to, to find it. It's on there like, more filters so it won't show up initially if you want to create a home that's accessible for people with uh, accessibility needs then it's definitely i recommend go through this list because there's definitely things that you normally maybe wouldn't think of um, and then also i think it's a good idea to you know go on airbnb and apply some of those filters and see which ones are pretty common and see which ones are not so common right because if you can provide the, the filters that are that are not so common, if you can tick those boxes off, then you can really stand out from the, from the crowd. So yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of like the research that I've done. What are, you, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Exactly. I, that's exactly what I was thinking. Well, my market is wide open right now. Um, so just trying to check those, especially big ones. And the roll-in shower at this place is so cool. Lauren does beautiful work anyway. He's got kind of a modern aesthetic. So we've got these beautiful concrete floors that are not slippery and oh, the roll-in shower is just gorgeous. Anybody's going to love to use it. That's uh, what I was thinking about a lot was I, I want it to be accessible and to hit all of those marks on Airbnb, but I also want it to be, I know there are a lot of ways that things can be difficult to use that are kind of less visible, so to speak. No pun intended. Um, for example, I had guests at one of my other houses that has a Lucite coffee table and they were like, why are you trying to kill me? I can't see the coffee table. They have low vision. They don't see well. And the coffee table, for all intents and purposes, is completely invisible. And I had never thought about that before. <laughs> so this time around, I'm thinking, okay, I know um, it's nice if furniture contrasts in color from like dark and light from the floor. So if you have low vision, you can see more easily where the furniture is. I wanted to make sure that I had some chairs with very sturdy arms so that getting in and getting out for somebody who has a little difficulty with that was easier. Like I'm trying to go so far beyond just that checklist so that anybody feels comfortable because it's beautiful and everything they need is there, but also just in my neighborhood, you know, if your parents are visiting and they have their aging and they have some of the stuff going on that comes with aging that they feel comfortable. Um, it's been a lot of fun to try to think, to learn, to read from people who, like you said, you know, who are 
traveling, who have all different kinds of abilities and see what they're missing, I'm sure that I'm going to start learning immediately from my guests what I didn't think of, but I just, I'm trying to think of everything. And it's been really a really fun challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm super excited to to keep following your journey because I, first of all, I think it's really cool because you're people with accessibility needs, they find it hard to find good places on Airbnb, right? So by focusing on that that audience, uh, you're really helping a group that doesn't have as much choice as, as we have. So that's a, that's a cool thing in itself. But then also I think from, you know, from a marketing perspective, I think you might do really well with your listing because it is so rare and especially because you're going above and beyond, you know, what sort of the, the filters are on Airbnb. Um, you're really, you're really trying to put yourself in the shoes of somebody who has accessibility needs and really understand like what's the experience for them. And, you know, we always talk about, we're not just renting out a space, we're creating experiences and to create an experiences, you really have to understand your guests, right? And if your guest has accessibility needs, then you have to put in a little bit more effort to understand the life of that person, how that person moves around, how that person travels to really understand, like, how can you cater to that person? How can you create an incredible experience for somebody with accessibility needs? And I think when you, when you really get that down, when you're really able to provide that experience, I think you're going to do really, really well because it's so rare. And I'm sure it'd be really easy to, to get into like media and media, like on websites. I'm sure people would love to write about your listing um, because everyone's going to support the cause, right? Yeah. So I interviewed in episode number 283 and you probably <laughs> listened to this one. I'm sure uh, I interviewed a lady who was a specialist in social impact initiatives and she mentioned that 87% of consumers prefer to work with businesses that align with their values, right? And I think catering to a group that has limited options when it comes to travel is a value that everyone wants to get behind, right? So I think, number one, I think, uh, I think you'll find a lot of support in the community, but also in, you know, in media with uh, reporters and all that. So you can really build like a little brand for yourself. Uh, but then secondly... And this is actually this is actually a question that I have for you. So first, what I was thinking is, you know, just because you're catering to somebody with accessibility needs, that doesn't mean that other people won't want to stay with you, right? But then later, I was thinking, you know, and the reason I was thinking that is because people want to support you, right? Because they align with your values. But then later, I was thinking about, you know, those parking spots that are reserved for people with disabilities. Like, you don't want to take that spot. Right. So later I was thinking, well, hold on a second. What if people are going to think like, oh, that's the only place where people with accessibility needs can go. So I don't want to get in their way. So I don't want to book it. Right. So, so I don't know. What, what do you think? Thought about that. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yes. Um, <laughs> I've wondered. So what I've landed on is that a lot of people will book it, not even realizing that that's its special you know, target, I think, uh, because it's going to look great and it's going to look welcoming and it'll have great reviews. And so people will want to stay there. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, in the description, it's going to be really clear who my target is. But yeah, I, it, that's a funny thing to think about. It's like, I'm not going to turn people away, but if it's the only one in Bloomington and somebody needs it and it's booked with somebody who doesn't need in particular those accommodations. 
<laughs> I don't know. I'm going to have to get back to you on that one because yeah. <laughs> something I've wondered about. <laughs> That's an interesting one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess yeah. if, if somebody just wants to support me, I can say, you know, I've got these other ones that are pretty great too. You can stay in one of those. Oh. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's a good point. That's a good point. Awesome. Well, I'm uh, I'm excited to to see what you're what you're gonna do with this listing. I'm sure it's gonna be incredible because I've looked at your other listings. I'm familiar with what you do, and I know you're you're doing an extremely extremely good job on on everything. Uh, you said you really set the standards high for yourself. So before we wrap this up. Uh, I would love to to ask you, do, what kind of advice do you have for the listeners, right? Because I know you're getting amazing reviews and you're just an incredible host. So I'm sure we can, we can learn a few things from you. So, Okay, what advice do I have for the listeners? Let's say, let's imagine this. Imagine a friend of yours contacts you and says, hey, Margie, uh, I know you're an Airbnb host for a while. I know you're doing a great job. I want to get into Airbnb. What, what are the three most important things that I should know? What are, what are three things that you would have done differently if you'd start over again? Okay. Let's see. Well, I'm always tempted to start with a joke about little hairs. <laughs> <laughs> All of the little hairs. You have to look five times for, you can wash those sheets, you can dry them, they can be perfectly clean, but you still have to watch for those little hairs. I think... The first thing is that it, it has to be super clean, at least personally. I mean, we all, all of us hosts go from what matters the most to us first. And if I stay in an Airbnb and it, and it's not clean, or I just find like one, even one spot that is clearly not clean, it makes it harder to relax, which is such a bummer. And so my number one thing is always just, just make it so, so clean so that it never occurs to a guest to not feel comfortable and at home. Like, ooh, you know, how long has it been since this surface has been cleaned? So that's one. I think just being yourself in your um, interactions with the guests. When I message with people, it's just me responding, giving my own recommendations, hearing their concerns or whatever. I don't know. I, I think maybe when I started, I might have tried to sound like I thought I should sound, like maybe a little bit like, especially professional or that sort of thing. <laughs> I find that when I'm just myself, it really resonates with people and they're just themselves with me and we like each other a lot easier that way. And I also kind of want to say something about, it's a hard balance between keeping the place immaculately clean and being really like paying so much attention to details like that and also not taking it too personally like I was almost anxious to get less than a five-star review. It's like, at some point it's like, I need this to happen so that I can let go of it because I would worry about it. And you can't control people's experience. Like all you can do is be very accurate in your listing description. If there's any concern, put it in there. If you think that somebody might come and be concerned about something, my historic house has small, narrow stairways and it's in there and it makes weird noises. That's in there. <laughs> so try to set people's expectations, provide exactly what you said you would provide, go a little above and beyond, but always under promise and over deliver. And then you have to let it go. That's, and that's a struggle for me just to like not take things personally. Cause I, I do try really hard. Yeah. I have to remember that all I can do is just 
those things. And then their experience of it really doesn't have anything to do with me if I've done all of those things. It's, it's about them. If they have some, not that usually my guests do, that sounds like I've got, I have guests who are complaining <laughs> about it. It's not the case. I'm trying to think of a good example, but you know, like sometimes, I don't know, just a less than enthusiastic communication or something will get me down and I just have to take a breath and remember it's not about me. Right. I think that's really good advice. Like a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of hosts and students that I talk to tell me exactly the same. They're, they're starting out and they're getting like three, four, five, five star reviews, and then they get their first four star or three star, and they completely freak out. They think it's the end of their business. Um, they don't know what to do. They, they want to write something really aggressive back. They want to respond and defend themselves and. So I, I, I can I totally, uh, totally relate to that. I still remember the first time that I got a, a guest who wasn't happy and I literally had to sit down and calm down for like an hour or two uh, because yeah. my blood was just, it was, I don't know, I say that boiling. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Awesome, Margie. Well, thank you so much for, for joining. Um, I'm super excited to follow your journey and see how that house is uh, that with the accessibility uh, needs is going to come out and, and how it's going to do. So definitely we're going to have to get you back on the podcast sometime and, and share with that. the audience how, uh, how your experience is. I'm sure a lot of people are interested in this, uh, in this topic. So thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. I'm about to learn a lot. So I'll be happy to come back when I know a lot more. <laughs> Awesome. Sweet. Thank you, Margie. And for the listeners or for the viewers on YouTube, thank you so much for listening and viewing. And uh, we'll be back uh, next week. So I hope to see you then. Take care. Get paid for your pet. 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 Hey, fellow hosts. If you want to take your hosting business to the next level, then join the Short-Term Rental Profit Academy. Whether you own, rent, or manage properties, we have the resources, the tools, and the community to help you achieve your goals. The Short-Term Rental Profit Academy is ready for any host, any size, and includes a membership portal with over 50 hours of video lessons, a private Facebook group, and weekly live coaching calls where Eric and I give you direct feedback and help you solve your biggest challenges. We're all about taking action and getting results. So if you're ready to start crushing it, sign up for our program at strprofitacademy.com.